Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We can change it's like my dreams are this pain and all this grief. If you see God and you have to speak, tell him it's crazy in these streets. Feel my pain and so You're on Pastor Phil. Welcome to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets with my great co-host, Pastor Jay and Ruck Boy on Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 154. That's right. You're on the right channel, people. What's going on, Church on the Block? Here with the great host, to my right and to my left, give it up. Yo, what's good? This your boy DJ Ruckus. Let's get it. Great conversation we got for y'all today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's your boy Pastor Jay. I'm here. Can't wait for this convo. Let's get it, y'all. <laughs> so, you know, we are about church on the block, you know, real talk about hip hop, the church in the streets. And today we're going to talk about, and, and really for the next couple of shows, about looking at scripture from a different lens cap, looking at scripture in a way that may be uncomfortable or stretching you. I mean, there's a lot of things in scripture that may cause you to be uncomfortable. And and I think oftentimes in America, I want to dialogue this with y'all before we dive into the scripture, which we'll do that probably on the second half is, you know, the African-American church, right. And, and it's, in its essence to me is great preaching institutions. You know, you got some powerful preachers that, 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 that and got a powerful word. And oftentimes, cats will be preach on what is cute or what is what is what is a create a good a good buzz, a good a good and there's a there's there's texts of scripture that do that. There's not a I'm not saying this because the scripture doesn't merit that to bring that good good out. But there's some things I think that we don't necessarily oftentimes want to touch or bring about to touch. And having to do that, sometimes when those scriptures come up, people want to Want to want to codify them, want to cuddle them, right? We don't don't necessarily want to unpack them in a way to bring about people to be stretched or challenged. And I think oftentimes that's because, you know, either a folks got to make sure people are tired, and we got to make sure people are cool, and or folks don't want to disrupt anything because people, you know, don't want to be comfortable in their they want to be comfortable in their norm. There's a great quote I've said before where you know most people are comfortable in discomfort rather than uncomfortable, a new possibility, right? And I think if we're going to be serious about trying to walk this thing out and, and looking at the text, we have to welcome those uncomfortable things that the scriptures talk about, right? And being able to allow those uncomfortable <laughs> realities of scripture to to challenge us to the degree that we are able to, I don't want to say bring out a new theology, but but an, an awakening to what God is doing, right? You know, God is doing a, a new thing. Scripture says in Isaiah, right? And what is that new thing for this generation? Also, I think oftentimes, 
you know, comfort keeps us in, in, in a certain, certain zone. I like this quote by Regina King that says, comfort zones are where dreams go to die. <laughs> you know, and I like that. I think that, that, that oftentimes when we get comfortable with aspects of scripture, theology, we just, our faith dies. Our faith just sits there, right? Because we don't want to be stretched. I know oftentimes when I'm stretched by my wife and she's saying, Hey, blah, blah, blah. She didn't say nothing because she hate me. She said, I see this. Why and what and how? And like, yeah, you're right. Let me own this. Let me, let me walk into it. And we're hopefully better for it. You know, well, what would y'all say about where the context of preaching is with comfortable scriptures or, or, or comfortable Christianity from comfortable preaching? You know, and, I, and I'm not talking about comfortable preaching. I'm just talking about texts that seem to be texts where, where folks are allowing the, 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 the text not to stretch us and stay in, stay in a certain space. You know, you look, you look at a text, somebody sees it. They're not going to see race in that text. And I'm going to see racism in that text. And I'm going to see injustices in that text. They're going to stay comfortable and not preaching that. So what, 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 what am I, what, what do you as great hosts think about that? What are your thoughts about those points? I mean, the bottom line is often what I see with people and, and especially their understanding of scripture is that what we want is to be spoon fed what it is that we're supposed to believe. So nobody wants to do like the difficult work of really looking at the text in its original context, looking at what the people who originally heard this would have thought. And when you actually begin to look at the cultural context of the time or what the passage was probably saying to its original listeners, it's completely different than the way we would understand it in our American context in our American, with our American values. And so then once somebody hears scripture from that perspective, it sounds so foreign to them that you often consider like you're reading the passage wrong, like, like, like you're saying heresy (laughs) or something. Right. But the truth is, is that you've really considered what the original listener would have heard. What was their reality around oppression? What was their reality around you know, the way they would have heard somebody talking about women's issues or issues around slavery or, or any other context and other things that are in scripture. So I just love, I love pulling out what I see after doing some historical deep dives into the context of the time. And I don't ever portray it as though I know exactly what I'm talking about, or this is absolute truth, what I'm giving you. I just think it's good to open our mind and, and look at different perspectives, but I'm not afraid of that. Some people are afraid because they want to be spoon fed. So that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that when it comes to preaching, you can't preach based upon the, 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 the you know, you got to meet people where they ought to take what God would have them to be, but you can't preach just to cre- create comfort for people. You know, you, 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 you 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 got to bring about what the, what the text says, even as it stretches you. And if it's not stretching you, then it, then it won't stretch other people. What are you gonna say, Ruckus? No, I'm I'm kind of like Jay. You know, when I read the scriptures, I want to know the history. I like to study and understand the historical, cultural understandings of what was going on back then. It helps me to to yeah. to process how it may fit for me in today's today's world, today's society, and what what I should be doing or how I should be doing it based off of the historical, the who, what, when, where, why, that type of information. I don't like, I don't like to say I understand something. If I don't, if I don't understand it, then I won't, I won't just 
go along with it. You know, for, for example, there's been the conversations about scriptures about speaking in tongues, who should do it, who shouldn't. And, right. and, you know, in my family, we sit in two different perspectives. I, you know, perspectives about it. My mom is, it's like strict towards her way of thinking to me. I'm kind of like, ah, you know, is that going to stop me from getting into heaven? No. Okay, right. cool. Move on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's always been that controversy in some ways, you know, I, I, I believe it would, you know, you, you, you can welcome both, I don't, you know, the, 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 the embrace both ways of thinking without one condemning the other, right? That's tend to be the, the challenge that one is like, I remember being in, in, in churches, going there to hear somebody preach or whatever as a pastor or a young preacher. And I wasn't speaking in tongues and they sit around me and they try to make me speak in tongues stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, dang, I can't, I can't get out of here unless I say, you know, Fruity Loops. Oh, okay. I hear you, Phil. You got that down. Tommy and a boat. You know what I mean? Right. Right, right. <laughs> right, right. I know you can prophetically say what I, you know what I'm saying, so you you, you can you understand. I'm, I'm your um, interpreter. <laughs> right, right. You know, I just think if people are going to do that, they, they, you know, should recognize how, you know, it will be with God. God doesn't put anything with tagging to salvation. He doesn't tag good works or money or title or deed. It's, you plus Christ equals everything. And so when you tag everything else with that, then you diminish the work of Christ in the midst of what Christ did in our life. And so that's the key part, not so much the gift. The gift can be fantastic and you can use it in a way that glorifies God, but don't use that gift as a hammer as though God wants that to be prerequisite for, for, for kingdom. And so stretching us in, in those spaces, I think is, is, is key when we look at, when we look at scripture and you know, look, you look at, you look back at, how I think generations have changed in, in not, not, I mean, in, in the church or as well as in the faith or, or, right, who are, who are in tune with God or there, there was a scriptural reference that, that brought about an awareness of, wow, that's where that injustice, that's the same thing we're going through. But that, that teacher, that pastor saw that, read that, unpacked that in such a way that it was relevant for, for the culture and the community that, were, that they were at and didn't take the text out of context. I am not talking about looking at scripture from an eisegesic perspective. Yes, we read a book or two where I am coming up with my sermon and I'm going to just find a verse to match it. And the verse has no historical context where my sermon is about. But that's the eisegesis. I'm going to write a term. I'm going to write a thesis paper and then find some backup after I've written it. That's that's what eisegesis Exegesis is putting this text exhaustively, historically, culturally, language-wise, grammatically, and then saying, hey, this is what the text is saying in its essence. Because again, this is other people's mail that we're reading and other people's cultures that we're understanding from a European perspective and European epistemology of knowledge and and, and all of that as African-Americans, which is a couple of hurdles to, to, to overcome. And then you look at it, you know, in its relevance towards the culture and the community you're serving, like, oh, this text fits perfectly with what I am seeing and what we are experiencing in the country. I mean, there's got to be a way in which somebody skipped over text in slavery to condemn slaves, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, when you Absolutely. go to the, you know what I'm saying? So that, that that's kind of where I'm, where I'm going. And, and 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 people felt comfortable with that, and they created systems around it that made it comfortable. And you find birth of a nation about a Matt Turner story. Right, Nate Turner, Nat Turner, yeah, Nat Turner story, and, <laughs> Nate Turner. and uh, 
<laughs> how they That's his cousin. Ended up, you know, his cousin. How they had him, right. how they had him going all around, pimping him out to make people or, or to re-enslave the slaves with a, with a mindset that, that this is what, what the Bible and God wants. So I say that if people use it for you know negatively in that way, and, it, and I'm not saying that doesn't happen anymore, then there's got to be a way where we can recognize this context for us today and engage it in the same way. I mean, what scriptures, we're going to get into a scripture in a second, but what scriptures have come out and stretched you both, like in your own life? Like, man, when I read this scripture, I realized. The perfect one for me, man, is when I read the entire context of Philippians 4. And I had wow. told my whole life, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And it was used to say, like, whatever you want to do, you can do it. You know, right. you know, I, you know and nothing can stop me. And then I read Philippians four and it was all about Paul saying, I ain't got nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I've been poor, right. like I've been broke, like, you know, and, but, you know, God, you know, basically no matter whether I'm down or whether I'm up, whether I got a lot or I ain't got nothing, you know, I'm still good because, you know, God's going to take care of me, so therefore I can do all things. Man, that messed me up. I was like, yo, <laughs> like Paul is preaching about his weakness as his strength, not that I got it together yeah. and I can do anything. It's, man, when I don't feel yeah. like it, God's got me. Like when I don't have what I need, God's yeah. going to take care of me. So therefore, whether I'm a base or I'm a bounding, whether it's good or it's bad, I don't worry about it because I can do all things right. through Christ which strengthens me. So man, that, and, that and, messed me up. Yeah. <laughs> And, and even in that text, using that text as an example, he said, you know, like you said, whether I'm a beta or a bow, whether I, I, I get this or that, I'm content. It's that level of contentment, he says. That's right? it. That's it. That level of contentment. I'm content right with where I am. Not content like I am, like I am not desiring to, to pursue and to grow and to learn and to stretch and to whatever. It's just like that don't hold me back. And from that contentment, then I can do all things. You know what I mean? It's not that's like right. that's that that ability to be able to rest in that contentment. Whether you broke or wealthy or your car is running or not, you know, you're content because your your contentment doesn't rest on the stuff or your title, the position, or anything else around. But that's that's a great deal. What, what about that text where you you take one step and God take two? Where that text? <laughs> where that text at? <laughs> Bring that back out. We're going to come right back, y'all. Church on the Block, real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets. You're listening to Church on the Block, real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets. We'll be right back. Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 154. Come right back. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Church on the Block. We'll talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets. T, what was the scripture you were breaking down? All right, so you asked about scriptures that have, like, challenged us, right? Yeah, um, stretch. stretched us. Luke 16, 10, whoever can be, and this coming from the NIV, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. That is a scripture that's kind of pushed me to walk more in integrity in who I am and, and pushing me to 
make sure that I'm always operating with a, a level of integrity that I believe would represent who Christ himself was and who he is to the people. And so, yeah, that's one that is always stretching me. And, you know, even when I want to be dishonest about stuff, like, man, I, I can go get me some food stamps. Well, I really can't because my wife make too much money. So y'all just go to my, my, my GoFundMe and send me some money. <laughs> but, you know, you know, I'm, I'm always challenged with that when people, Oh, I got this lick. I got this idea for you. And I'm like, nah, that's not who I am. I'm good. I'll pass on that opportunity. It's not that serious. You know, so I'm always challenging myself about my honesty, my trustworthiness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's all kind of ways to make that text more comfortable, right? And instead of really being, being a man of integrity to to, to pursue, wow, what is this saying to me about, about, you know, being faithful with much, faithful, faithful with little, be faithful with much. I'm going to look at this text right now, y'all, out of Genesis. Chapter 12, verse 10 through 20. And it says, you know, at the time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt, where he lived as a foreigner. As he was approaching the border of Egypt, Abram said to his wife, Sarai, look, you a very beautiful woman. When the Egyptians see you, they're going to say, take his wife. This is his wife. Let's kill him uh, and let's have her. Verse 13. So please tell them you are my sister, then they will spare my life and treat me well because of their interest in you. <laughs> There's a whole problem with that, but we'll go back to that in a second. And sure enough, when Abram arrived in Egypt, everyone noticed Sarai's beauty. And they, when the palace officials saw her, they sang praises to Pharaoh, their king. And Sarai was taken into their palace and the Pharaoh gave Abram many gifts because of her sheep and goats and cattle and male and female donkeys and male and female servants and camels. But the Lord sent a terrible plagues amongst Pharaoh and his household because of Sarai, Abram's, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh summoned Abram and accused him sharply. What have you done to me? He demanded. Why didn't you tell me this is your wife? Why did you say she is my sister and, and now and, and, and allow me to take her as your wife? Now, then, here's your wife. Take her. Get out of here. Pharaoh ordered some of his men to escort them, and he sent Abram out of his country along with his wife and all his possessions. Now, that text talks about Abram, and a lot of people have preached that text that Abram was not operating by faith because he left God's pathway, and he went down to Egypt when there was a famine. That's been some comfort to talk about Abram in that context, right? That Abram should have just trusted God in the midst of the famine. But one, he had just met God. He was just with God. He was just connected to God because he was called by God to, to be this great nation. But he was just following a God. He was just learning to, to grow with. There's a famine in the land. He goes down to Egypt. He tells the men that this is my sister. Now, that's a problem right there. Like your wife is an object of possession. You can just dictate to her and tell her what she's going to be. Okay. You're going to be a goat because if they recognize you're a human, what would be the, won't be the next thing he would say, but you know, she did that and went along with that in light of her belief. Okay. They're going to spare my husband, but I guess I'll just take this new life that he's asking me to surrender to. There's a problem with that. Right. And, 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 and if it was going to stop right there, the problem of, of, of men thinking they could just tell and, 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 and dictate women anything they want to do to save their own behinds, right? I mean, if you want to just look at that text 
you know, in that context of that way. I mean, we can go back and say, well, he was still going to know God, didn't trust in God all the way, trying to learn that. But the man made a move here that was, that was bogus, using her as an object of his own desire to save his own life, right? Because he even said, you know, they're going to take care of me, they're going to spare my life, and I don't know what's going to happen with your life. Basically, is what he's saying, right? That's a stretch right there. If you're going to really be honest and understand and unpack that text, he goes on and, you know, she goes to this man and, 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 and takes him, you know, he takes her as his wife. But then the irony is that in this corrupt system that he knew how to get over on gets corrupted. <laughs> so the, the corrupt system gave him money, gave him maid servants, male servants, gave him all the stuff. And then he got paid on that. And then the same corrupt system that created a, a, a platform where they would kill the husband to take the wife now says when they get jammed up because of the boils that God brought into their family and brought into the household and jams them up. Now they begin to say, how dare you lie to us? How dare you create a, a, a sense of, 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 of jamming us up? You were about to kill me. Like, you, you, know, you, 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 you didn't understand that that was a problematic issue as well, but, but, but it's okay. But, but. To, to kill me, but it's not okay if I get over on your system and, and find a way out. And I say that in comparison to the hood. Mugs figure out a way to get over on the system, right? Whether it's a Section 8 crib and your husband can't stay there because he got a background, we're going to find a way for him to stay there. And when I know the people come and inspect the house or do whatever, we're going to say, now this is my relative, we're going to say he's not going to live there. Some, some kind of way where Mugs will say, I ain't got enough money then I got more month than money, but I'm going to figure out how to get on food stamps or, 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 or public aid so I can stretch my little money that I do get in whatever way they can finesse the system. But then when the system gets jammed because of its injustice way things were created, now the system wants to come back and put people on blast in that context, right? And oftentimes in, in this particular text, especially in evangelicals, will see this as Abram going down to Egypt as symbolic of the children of Israel, as he's the to be the father of 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 Israel, to be why they spent forty years in, in in the wilderness, right? So, so instead of I think dealing directly with the fact that he got over on a corrupt system, and then that same corrupt system that got over on got jammed up, now wants to come back at him as if he's the problem, right? So I say that the stretch of that to me is is looking at the text from a relevancy of where the injustices are in our neighborhood, in our communities. You know, we got people in jail for a thousand dollar bomb because they don't have the money. They got two kids at the crib. They got a job and whatever the situation was, they, 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 they got locked up, but they just didn't have the money to pay the 20% because of they were the only breadwinner. And, and, and now there's a whole issue of bail reform, right? Because of the injustices, but folks now mad at the bail reform oftentimes because are you going to let all these kind of criminals and this, but there's a corrupt system. There's a corrupt system from the jump street. Are y'all with me on this? Are y'all with me? Pastor Jay, Ruckus, y'all with me? We with you. You preaching. Keep going, bro. Keep going. I mean, it's just, it's just how are we able to, so when we look at this text and I'm not, and I, I, I'm not trying to say, okay, cool. Let, let, let's, let's, let's mow the system down. Right. And, and get over, keep getting over. But I am saying that we need to fight against, step up to and and not let the system not not welcome the injustice of the system that that usher us and force us into ways, you know, to make a dollar out of 15 cents when, in essence, if they would have just paid people right and not have to fuss about fifteen dollars an hour 
when by the time they do $15 an hour, it's going to need to be $17 an hour by the time it's accepted that way, right? When those who have resources and power aren't exerting that and doing the hard things of that, of that. What do you, what do y'all, what do y'all comments about, about this text? Man, I love this text. I think you've, you've pulled out some of the like very tangible, um, like, meet the ground like concepts that are there first of all about i mean bottom line is he was pimping out his wife you know? <laughs> right um, right you know what i mean so just just the way the women are treated you know culturally then and now right. i think also this idea of i think there is a conversation about faith there but but not mm. just in the context of all oh, just be faithful to god but also like Faith is what you need. You have to have faith in believing that doing what's right, mm. whether no matter the consequences, is always the right thing to do. Like so yeah. that you know, as a follower, right? Like we get mm-hmm. to the point, like Terrence was talking about, you know, with his favorite verses. Like you try to be a person of integrity, no matter what, because God's way is the best way, right? Yeah. But then yeah. you also have to talk about right people who are not there yet, who just like. Hey, the system say I got to do this. I'm on it. Let's go. I'm going to do what I got to <laughs> do to survive. And it's not right. that person's fault, right? A person don't know the Lord yet they're, or they just got getting to know the Lord and they're trying to figure out how to unravel their life and all of that. Like the bottom line is it's not that person's fault. You know, we got systems and structures that tell us right. that we have to behave a certain way, right? Like you, you know, if you have a man in the household, then you can't get section eight, right? Like those type of things are ridiculous. So I think that that's there. I think the other thing we got to think about from this passage that I do love though, is this idea of the fact that people who don't know God often know God's law and what God wants you to do better than the people who do, right? Because it's true. You you get into this context where Pharaoh like, yo, why you ain't tell me she was your wife? Like, if you would have told me that, I would have never took her, right? Yeah. Like, he even know, like, that's bogus. I ain't supposed to do that, man. And look right. what you done did to me, man. You told me she was your <laughs> sister. And how many times have you come into a context where you supposed to be a believer or, or living a different lifestyle and you be trying to look like everybody else out there? And they be like, yo, I thought you was, like, saved or, like, a Christian or whatever. Like, what's up with that? So it's right. like, it's that context as well in this passage of while we out here trying to fake the funk and 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 save our own selves, the the world or the people on the other side would be like, yo, I thought you was a person of faith. Like, why you ain't trusting God right, right. now? You know? So right. that, it's a whole lot in this passage. Phil. I know. A whole lot. Right. And it's something about folks who maybe would not call themselves followers of Christ or call themselves that that faithful, but, but have a discernment of their own reverence for God, our own own reality of that integrity, even when they know they own something crazy. I mean, I've been with guys who like, hey man, hey, hey, y'all gotta put the guns up, man, Pastor Phil, put put, put this up with Pastor Phil here. Some kind of way that that's, that is some something that is, they feel can't be, you know, must be, must be done correctly. There's a level of conviction in that context that that's there. Just like, just like Pharaoh recognizing, wait, this ain't right. And, and, and how dare you tell me this was your wife? Didn't say though, you know, didn't condemn his own system. Just, just was just like, how dare you say this and get, and how dare you get over my system? I mean, he, and, and, and you know, and but he, and then he, he got paid in the system, right? So Abram got, Abram, Abram got, got broke off in that, in, in that system, right? But I mean, I, I think when we look at the scripture in this context, I think it's both 
And we, we got to look at it and, it's, and, and, and what happened there and what, what, what's going on, Abram and his journey of him being the father of children of Israel and the humanity of, of what he was experiencing. And, and though he didn't know, he didn't do it right. He had his wife who he said, I'm a, I'm a pimp you out because I need to, you know, I got to be, I got to live. You got to live. Better for you to live in a castle and, and, and do well. And I'm going to go on about my way with this other stuff. Whatever, whatever would have happened in the rest of that thing. If, if, if he, if the boils would have broke out, he'd be like, well, I guess this was going to be. And it, and it would have never came back to Abram. He would have just accepted that. Right. I mean, I think the, the, the reality of, of, like you said, Jay, faith, you know, trusting in God in the midst of that God is going to manifest the destiny and the calling and the passion of, 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 of his life, of, of our lives, if we sim, if we seek to trust and walk in those ways, it's not even a matter of, you know, having to fully understand it, but to walk in it. And, 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 and what I mean by, by not fully understand it is that be human in the midst of it, not to be some kind of pseudo Christian fake thing just because, you know, it's clever and it's more comfortable, but like that gum, I don't want to, I want to pray today. I don't want to pray. I mean, we, we know we lost one of our, our staff members. I mean, I'm just, I'm like, yo, what? This ain't supposed to happen this way. This is not supposed to happen this way. And this is not, I mean, the whole neighborhood is reeling around it, but it's like not to just be, well, I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, hey, he loved the Lord. I'm no, no, no. I don't want that to happen. That, that's, that's, that's bogus. So I, I, I say live in an authentic space. God, why is there a famine up in this joint? Why are you calling me at the people at the blue? What the heck? It's a famine. I'm starving. You know, I love some ribs. There wasn't no issue about ribs at that time. I don't think it was no, no but, but in the sense that, that we have this sort of an intimidation to be that real and, 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 and authentic. And, and so you see, as bogus as it is, the realness and authenticness of Abram. Yo, we're going to be right back, man. Church on the block, crazy scriptures that have stretched us or, we don't talk about and, 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 and how they are there for us to grow. You're listening to Church on the Block, real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets. Holy Culture Radio, CSXM 154. Come right back. We got more in store. Yo, we're back on Church on the Block, and we're looking at scriptures that oftentimes people want to preach or teach to keep us comfortable in the pews or keep us comfortable, but we really want to stretch them. And you know, when you look at, I'm going to say this little segment and we're going to look at the Genesis chapter 12 verse one part of this text. When you look at rappers, Christian hip Christian hop cats, right? That's a world that has been stay, let's stay comfortable in evangelical text and not sway too much to the left and to the right. And then when you have an artist, a Corey Red, LaVarcier, you got other cats, even, even as the Cray, you got Breathe Easy, you got J Quest, you got cats who are Rhyming about real stuff, then it's like, wait a minute, how is that in the text? Yo, it's in the text, and and we're not addressing it, we're not looking at it, and so therefore, if it's been per per per, per what's the word I'm trying to say per per what if it's happened for a long time, perpetuating, right? How, <laughs> right, right, right. That's a parochial school education, but it becomes <laughs> it becomes so normalized that. This is the only way to see this text and therefore become so protected even from folks actually thinking and seeing another view and perspective of it in a context. So, so even as we're looking at Abram and his call, right? And we're looking at his, his deep missteps. You look at this call, right? Of Abram in, in Genesis chapter 12, the Lord 
you know, said, Abram, leave your, your native country, your relatives and everything. And I will make you a great nation. You know, so he departed. He's going, you know, in this, in, in this, as he's instructed by God and, you know, he's going with a lot and all these other things. And, you know, the Lord appeared to him and said, he's going to give him this land. He goes all these affirmations. And so he's going, he's learning this God as he's journeying. What was his wife thinking? Like, okay, we were just taking care of sheep here. And now we're leaving with this God that you say called you. We're going we're gonna to follow you. I guess we're going to do this. And then she now becomes an object of like, she's not human anymore. She just, she's just property. And so she now is, and he really has, he's not giving her, I mean, she had, she's a woman. She can say what she's going to say, but like he's saying to her as, as he, as this famine hit the land in, 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 in Genesis 12, 10 famine struck the land he knows he's got to go down to Egypt, got to get some food. The king going to kill him and, and take her. Look in verse 11, you're a very beautiful woman, Sarai, and the Egyptians see you, they're going to take you and they're going to kill me. So just say you're my sister. And she just says, okay, like, like I'm following a God I don't really know as you're trying to learn this God. And we just left. I left all my family, left my bridge. We would pray, you know, bridge every Tuesday in this one place. And, and now I'm gone on, I don't know where I'm going. And now you want me to be with this other man? I mean, that's just horrible. But you you look at that, but we got a lot of horrors like that today. Am I right? You know, we got we got this patriarchal kind of control or a pseudo control that says women are just objects, right? Yeah. And hip hop is one of the main dominant influences of what that looks like, right? You look at hip hop and it's perpetuating women as objects, right? You got women throwing themselves as objects and and you know, and, and 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 using that as leverage, both to get into industry and to flaunt their sexuality as control over men and everything else like that too. Because, I mean, I just say that in, in in light of in light of the horrible reality of downgrading and dissing a human being, mm-hmm. creating the image of God as as a woman. You know what I mean? Too? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree, man. I think it's time for us as a as a people, as men, to really take a look at that text and other texts that are similar and look in our own lives and see how we are mistreating our women, our daughters, this type of examples we're set, we're setting before others on how we display yeah. our love and, and, and care for our, the women in our communities and our houses. Yeah. I mean, for, for him to even think that to me, it already had to been like a, a culture of that kind of level of acceptance of a man over a woman. You, you feel what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, 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 like it just, it's just, so look, we're going to go down here. They're going to, they're going to kill me to take us. You fine. So just, just be the man's wife. Like, like be the okay, man's what? wife. You know what I mean? <laughs> be the man's wife. Hey, I, like, I can't even imagine telling my wife, Hey, look, these dudes coming to kill, they're going to kill me. And you, you, you're going to be with be dude wife for a week. After you to meet his wife for a week, I don't even want you no more. <laughs> now right. my feelings hurt. Right. So, <laughs> right. did you sleep with him? Right. Nah, right. nah. You know, nah. I, I couldn't <laughs> even imagine, you know, doing nothing like that. Yeah. And and my wife, man, she tried. She tried to knock my head off if I told her some stuff like right. that. So, right. I mean, I mean, we have a structure that's been created where, and, and, and I'm, I got two daughters. You got daughters too. Where I'm always being checked. About my man, you know, mansplation, yeah. mansplation, mansplation. Dad, we get it. We know. And part of me, you know, as a dad with a daughter, I'm trying to overbearingly take care of them and, and, and that kind of thing. But like, 
Dad, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. You're, I'm, you're good. You're good. Mm-hmm. Right. And so re, re, recognizing that, wow, I've been doing that with probably every woman <laughs> I've, I've worked with and served with. And not that they're not brilliant and genius in the, of themselves. It's just a pattern that has been welcomed and embraced in a culture that, that men can get away with. Right. Yeah. Even my wife as a general contractor and everything, man, she gets spaces. She's like, no, the plumbing has to look like this. No, this should look like this. Are you sure? Are you asking me a question because I'm a woman? And are you asking me a question because I'm a black woman? Two, three, are you asking me a question because you just don't think I know? Or you have four, another opinion. You have another opinion that I could talk about. But don't suspect my abilities as a general contractor in this work. And we building this, you know, 80 unit building. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? So it's one of these kind of things where it's just, you know, the way it is. And I think in, in Abram's situation, it was just the way it is, as horrible as it is. And we can look at that text. This is, a, this is a part I'm talking about stretching the text. We can look at that text and be like, man, that was horrible. He pimped her out. But like, we got to own how we pimp out women economically with the disparity of, 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 of pay when it comes to everything, yeah. everything. Oh, who's going to cook dinner? Like, we said, <laughs> under, what, she's just going to automatically, no. There's some instructions on the back of that package with the with the shrimps, and you can cook the shrimps in the daggum. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> how is how is it that is not not that not welcomed in that in that way, right? I mean, yes, we are. Scripture saying in, in Ephesians chapter five verse twenty one, it says, you know, mutual. We, we we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, not just in marriage. I'm talking about even in in humanity. We submit to to each other out of reverence. For Christ, right? As and submission is 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 earned. We function differently. We're we're, we're you know I'm a man, a woman. We function differently, but nobody has power over each other that right. way because you function differently. You function differently. I should have power and control over you in a different way. And that that's a man made injustice, horrific, or just problematic as slavery is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, in a, in, in the context of looking at that text and stretching our our men to look at women. As equal, you know, and, and, you know, there's this, there's this story of these, of these three guys following a map and they, in this map, they, they, they see this, this river. And, and one man said, this river's going hard. This river's flying, man. God, give me the strength to cross this river. Give me the physical strength to cross this river. The man looks up, pow, God gives him big arm, big legs. And two hours later, after almost drowning twice, the man gets across the river, right? Second man looks at, man. See this dude, like, God, give me the intellect and the brilliance and the strength and the ability to cross this, cross this, you know, liver. God, bam, gives him big legs, big strong arms and a, and a raft. He, it takes him one hour, almost, almost crash and he gets over. The third man looks at everything and prays, God, give me the strength and the intellect and the wisdom and the smarts to cross this river. Bam, gives the man, uh, turns the man into a woman. <laughs> and, <then laughs> and the man, and the woman looks at the map and says, Oh, I'm going to go up a hundred yards up this way. And there's a bridge. I'm across the bridge and go over the lake. <laughs> I say that, man, because just the gall and men function just that way. God, give me the strength to cross this river. Done. done you know, you're not thinking and processing in, 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 in a way. And, and, and I say that like, Hey, Sarah, I value you. I don't want to go down here and, and, and die. I don't want to lose you. What should we do? Let's that that kind of world. What does it cost a man to do that? Right. So I say that and stretching this text and looking at it in that way. And many times my wife is like, like talking about her day, going in on her day 
And I'm a man. I'm like, this is my wife. I don't believe they did. I'm pissed off. That's not going to happen. Babe, this is what we got to do. You got to do this. She's like, Phil, I already, I, I, I knew what to do. I, I did what I need. I was just telling you about my day. I just, like, I'm up here trying to fix it for her. You know what I mean? Like, oh, so you're not asking me for some God-inspired wisdom <laughs> that I'm assuming you obviously need me for. That's why I'm giving you this, right? So in that world, there has to be an awakening as a man to, to, you know what? I've, I've been, I've been loving these patterns and these patterns of life have just been away. And I've just said, and maybe I didn't pimp Kim out, but maybe I'd, I, 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 I gave her up to some other kind of thing. And though she was brilliant enough, if I would have just asked her, what do you think we need to do? She would have said another, another thing. She would have said another thing, right? So it's just one of those kind of things, man, where I think that if we're going to look at the text, we can't just skip over stuff like that. We got to say, okay, wow, that was bad. And wow. And then we go right into, he went down to Egypt, which, which is, which is the cause, the original cause of sin for Egypt. I mean, for Israel who surrendered. No, 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 no. Don't skip over the fact that this man pimped his wife out. And we created a culture where men can just obviously do that with their wives. And, a, and what does she want more money for? And why does, why do women have to fight twice as hard for stuff that men don't have to fight? as hard for, right? And we got to deal with those kind of things like that. And so not to allow ourselves to be comfortable and no matter what man stuff you may be dealing with to really address that at the same time, whatever way it should be addressed, preaching wise, teaching wise conversation with somebody, it's not oftentimes just bashing every man either. Cause there's a lot of that goes on too. You know what I mean? Where there's a, there's a, a sense of mad corruption. So, and then as it goes on in the text, right? Where, <clears throat> He now gets paid. And this is the part I think when I've spoken this before, where there is a, there is a, a reality of, of men or hood, cats in the hood or folks who are marginalized, just create a culture of getting over. And this is how it's going to be and justifying it when it comes to everything. Just like what you mentioned in the text, Terrence, that you said with integrity, when I look at much is much, you know, faith, you know, much is given, much is required, right? In that text and Luke. Yeah. The right, uh, the right text? That, yeah, that was Luke 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The reality that there is a reality that there is a accountability of my integrity, right? Mm-hmm. Here is a difficult situation. I could pitch my wife in this thing and she probably would do it because this is, you know, patriarchal, but it's not right. 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 What is that integrity? What is the cost of that integrity for you to do that? And I say this because. I grew up in the hood and, and, and I love to get over because I'm getting back at the man. I'm getting back at the man, right? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. then you got politicians who ain't paying taxes and boasting about not paying taxes, you know, and then you're like, how did he, and that, and, and if I try to do that, it's going to jam me up, right? So I just say that, man, because those who live on the margins, you know, you know, fight to survive and make things happen, you know? So, so, as we talk about stretching the text, you know, my challenge to everybody listening, man, is that when you read the Bible, you know, look at it both in its historical and all the exegetical parts of it. Stay true to the text, but also don't be intimidated by the text stretching you and challenging you about things that you perhaps maybe never looked at in another way because you've made it a norm. I say that by my own self and being appreciative of the Holy Spirit to create a whole nother level of conviction about something you may not have ever wanted to look at. But uh, deeply looking at this text, right? Especially as we look, look, looking at looking at the text, especially as we look at this part about Abraham and the reality that 
he just got over in a system and the system came back and jammed him up. And we live amongst marginalized people who oftentimes are faced with those kind of situations and then are judged about how they had to survive. We're going to go deeper into this in the next couple of shows as we talk about. Let's look at the text from another lens cap. Talk to me. And more bars. You know, in World War II, there was a story about the submarine that had landed in a port and it made it through its journey. But when it landed into the port, some kind of way, the submarine in underwater started to sink and it, some kind of way had a crack and water was coming in and these men were panicking and men were trying to get out and get out of the, out of the sinking tomb, if you will. And uh, people in the port, other sailors and other men dove in and other machines to, you know, uh, to save these men. And the story is that when they went down there to save these men is to, to bring them out, these men and women, but there was somebody banging in the submarine on the pipes in Morse code. Is there hope? Is there hope in Morse code? You know, I don't know where you are in your life, man. I don't know what things are happening. But man, if things are sinking all around you, recognize that the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of Jesus Christ himself is banging and saying there is hope. There is hope. Even in the midst of things around you that you don't know which way to go, trust in Christ because he's banging as loud as he can saying there is hope. Trust in the Lord. Pastor Phil, Church on the Block, Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 154. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets. Back here next week, same time, same channel, Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 154. Come with us.